welcome to the Real Pill Podcast. This is Kelsey Loisel, and Mark is smiling at me because I don't know why, but you know. <laughs> I thought you were about to forget your name for a second. <laughs> You're like, Kelsey Look, I'm not Loisel? that stupid, okay? Oh, hey, hey, come on. Don't, don't, talk, don't talk about yourself like that. That's not cool. You have a strong following. I wasn't. Your face was telling me. I oh, was. my face. Jesus. Can you please tell people what the hell they're listening to? <laughs> Despite what you might think, it is not a show about two friends arguing against themselves and each other. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a film podcast. What's the name of the podcast? The Real Appeal. Ah, <laughs> and we're back. I did say The Real Appeal podcast. You? See, that's how much I'm not paying attention to. I know, you fuck face. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Shit, we've been gone for a little bit, but Kelsey, you know, she uh, she's an ass kicker now. I am. I always have been. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Continue. Anyways, you know what our show's about. So I'm just going to get into social media stuff. Uh, Facebook.com, you know, that that mm-hmm. website. Uh, the Real Appeal on Twitter. It's at appeal real mm-hmm. and instagram is the real appeal um all of the reels have two e's all of them even the ones that aren't there <laughs> <laughs> um our email is the real appeal at gmail.com and you know mark mentioned that he fucked up and i didn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah let me let me rectify that um this is this is all this is all learning experience Sure, this is episode 17, but it's a learning experience. So, Kelsey and I are going to ask you guys if you can give us a rating on iTunes. Uh, please. Please. Because we if, are poor little beggar children <laughs> yeah. who, need, who need your social support. Well, yeah, because if you, if you give us high ratings, it kind of puts us at the front of the, the iTunes page, the podcast page, and it get, helps get us notice. And we love doing this. We, you know, we don't get paid to do this. This is all of our own thing, but... It is nice to build up a fan base. And, you know, maybe our rating will be worth something in China. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you know that they're actually rating people like um, that black Oh, yeah, episode? that's right. That's going to be a real thing. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, man. <laughs> so what do, we, what do we got for today's uh, So, um, yeah. We're actually doing the news, as usual. A recent review, as usual. But it's It Chapter 2. I cannot fucking wait. <laughs> mm-hmm. To tell you about this movie. I will not tell you if I love it or if I hate it. Just, you know. Just to talk about it? Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, Deathbed Do-Over. The, the triumphant return of Deathbed Do-Over. Uh-huh. It's been we're, a while. We're doing The Village. <sighs> I nice. can't wait. Look, guys. <laughs> the 17th episode will probably be our last. Why? <laughs> because I intend to murder you with laughter oh okay okay all right i like the sound <laughs> you actually looked really concerned you're like wait why i'm like oh, am i gonna die with why why you, you are because i'm gonna kill you with laughter oh my god um and then we have our geriatric cinematic 1988's killer clowns from outer space oh i can't wait to talk about this movie. i just <laughs> love this film mm. i'm glad you did <laughs> um, so yummy <laughs> Uh, with that, we get into our news. Um, also, if you can't tell, I, I'm still sick. I'm yeah, getting over a cold, so my throat's itchy. Yeah, Kelsey's Kelsey's kind of dying. 
She's got a cold. I'm dying on the outside now, the you outside, know, to match yeah. my insides. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you hear her pausing, that means she took a she took a hard slam shot of some NyQuil. Yeah. Yeah. Hardcore like that. <laughs> so what's what's up with the news? What's going on? All right, we got Kristen. Kristen. <laughs> yeah. Kristen Stewart uh, was told she might get a Marvel movie if she hides her sexuality. That's pretty fucked up. No, okay. Here's my theory. Okay. I was totally on the fucking bandwagon with her, mm. where everyone's like, she has one face, she looks like a bitch, like... She's, she's in a constant resting bitch face kind yeah, of Yeah, like, like, what's... There's no purpose to her, like, she just kind of looks like she's there for the ride. Like, why is she still in Hollywood, right? Mm. Then totally makes me feel like shit when i read an article like this because maybe there was a reason mm. you have to hide yourself from society basically so your default is to turn off oh uh, okay oh okay yeah i didn't think about it. i so, i was never i was never of that camp of um not seeing christian stewart's potential i've seen her film and a few other things that isn't twilight twilight related <laughs> yeah exactly and she's a decent actor like she was in this movie called adventureland with jesse eisenberg she was good um she just she still i don't know if she does it now because i haven't seen any of her really recent stuff she does this annoying thing where she like rubs her fingers in her hair like every 10 minutes or some shit uh, like that so but i don't i don't know that might have changed i don't um i haven't really seen her in anything other mm. than that first twilight and i refused to watch any of the others <laughs> okay then what she was married or dating robert pattinson for like a while yeah um and it was just like really contentious and um so she interviewed with harper's bazaar she did a cover story with them and um they brought up her sexuality and she said that she's she said i've fully been told if you just like, do yourself a favor and don't go out holding your girlfriend's hand in public. You might get a Marvel movie. That's fucked up. And that's how fucked up that that's that's a, that's still a thing now in Hollywood. It's 2019 and shit like that still just like thrown around like it's fucking a, like a balled up piece of paper. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's shitty. And what else did she say? She said, I don't want to work with people like that. And yeah, why well, would you? Yeah, of course. I actually read another article with the same interview, or not with the same interview, but she actually later wanted to clarify that it's not she doesn't want to work with Marvel. She just doesn't want to work in a corporate setting where her sexuality is an issue. Yeah, absolutely. and she said she totally would work with Marvel if they want a gay person or a queer person. Yeah, I mean they're they're pushing. They are bringing. Um, gay actors and actresses into the fold like uh, uh i can't remember his name but the guy who's in the um what's that that new marvel movie why am i the eternals there you go oh, the, eternals, the eternals uh one of the actors uh he has a husband um the dude is he played he was in i know he was in game of thrones and it's like tappity tap 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 because i'm forgetting the dude's name and it was he played Rob Stark. See, I'm going. Oh, like, Kit Harrington. No, no, Kit Harrington. No, that's Jon Snow. Oh. Uh, no, Richard. <laughs> what the fuck? That shows. That shows what you know. Uh, Richard Madden. <laughs> Richard Madden. 
Richard, Richard Madden, I believe he's gay or he has a husband. And they've Marvel has come out and said, hey, we're bringing in a gay character, a gay Marvel character. What's funny? That was the stupidest fucking thing I think I could say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, but yeah, I mean, Marvel's changed the thing. Oh, and Lee, I, like Lee Pace has kind of came out too. <coughs> uh, the guy who played Ronan the Accuser, he's come out and been like, you know, because his sex. Who, who's the guy? I know it's not the same medium, but who's the guy who did Old Town Road? Little Nas? Yeah, I think he recently came out with saying, oh, I'm really scared now that my career is going to fold up because oh, really? people aren't going to support me for being me. Yeah, that's fucked up because like that, I've, I've heard some of that song and that song was popping. Um, and like he, before, like before the same came, song came out, he came out of nowhere. And then eventually like he came out, he was just like, yeah, I'm gay. You guys didn't know I was gay. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. Which is like, oh, yeah, makes complete sense. So, but he's still worried. He's so scared. Like, shit, no one's going to want to work with me now because I'm gay. You know, that's, we still have that stigma in Hollywood. Right. And so, actually, Kristen Stewart refuses to tell people whether she's gay or bi. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah she sorry. just wants to be ambiguous. Like, I don't really care to tell you that's cool. what that's I'm doing. Like, just if you see me with a girl, you see me with a girl. If you see yeah. me with a guy, you see me with a guy. Yeah, like, and it shouldn't be... I mean, you shouldn't really judge a person by that, by their sexuality. Yeah. So. Um, and then I think also she was really happy for Robert Pattinson getting Batman. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I guess it kind of, right kind of clears up whatever rumors or gossip or whatever people want to have about what's, how their relationship is right now. No, I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, since we're talking about Kristen, Kristen Stewart and all of the issues with like not coming out and mm, all this sexuality being questioned and um, the next thing we're going to talk about is Joker. Mm. Um, it got the best film at the Venice Film Festival. Um, and I'm actually really stoked about this. Yeah, it got the it got the Golden Lion and it got a eight minute standing ovation. Yeah, okay. which is freaking ridiculous but like awesome right mm-hmm. uh joaquin phoenix don't really know what to think about that guy because i know he's a great actor right yeah. no, i'm not talking about his acting you, that shit's to, untouchable you're, okay? you're about to like I i'm talking about, about to like. personally okay. like okay. i don't really know because he's also kind of like a private person he's private and people like to judge him and stuff and he doesn't do himself any favors mm. um which he has every right not to but um I've heard great stuff about this film, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, everyone's like, "Oh, it's like the incel anthem." Like, yeah, like I saw one. I saw one headline saying that Joker is incel friendly. Yeah, because it's about a guy who's getting kicked down and stuff, and he just becomes like a villain because nobody wants to fucking talk to him because he's a weirdo. Yeah, like society has turned him into a villain, which is kind of like what an incel is all about. You know, I'm like this because society formed me like this. I, I, you know, incel, which is what? Involuntarily? Celibate. Yeah, involuntarily celibate. You know, and it's, it's society's fault. I'm involved here, celibate. I'm like, motherfucker, go out and get a fucking girl. Go talk to somebody. Yeah. Um, or get some therapy. Therapy. Or yes. as like your daughter <laughs> likes Pick to say, a- oh, yeah, get my, some help. Yeah, my daughter likes to say, get some help. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So I'm actually really glad that the movie is good on its own. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter who likes the film or for what reasons. It's a good fucking film. Yeah. And I haven't even watched it yet. And I can't fucking wait to watch it. Yeah. My issue with the award ceremony mm-hmm. has to do with Roman Polanski as an officer and a spy. Okay. Because it won second, uh, second place. Yeah, the Silver Lion. And because he, I guess admitted to having sex with a 13 year old and he fled the country and all kinds of stuff. <clears throat> was it the Oscars? The Academy basically shunned him. Yeah. Fine. After like 30 years. And it, that only happened because of the whole Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey things. Yeah, it took happening. two or three years of all that shit happening before he finally was like kicked, like kicked out, kicked out. Yeah. And this dude is like a known pedo. Like even his accuser, his, his, his accuser, I forget what her name is. She she's grown up and you know and everything. She's like dropped the subject. I don't want to talk about it anymore. But like people are still trying to try still trying to make Polanski account for what he did. And it's it's fucked up because this is obviously Polanski is still a part of film, the film industry, despite everything that's been shown or, to, or heard about the guy. And here's Kristen Stewart. Like I have like. I, they won't give me a role because supposedly because I'm gay. No, exactly. That's, that's, that's exactly the connection I wanted to make yeah. between these two articles because everyone has a right to be who they are as long as they're not hurting anybody. Mm-hmm. And they're told to hide. And then, you know, a guy like this, he's like, hey, I'm a fucking pedo. Watch my movies. And everyone's like, yeah, hey, you're fucking awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. That's some fucked up shit. That's, I mean, that's just how Hollywood is. I mean, it's, it, we're trying to, and people people inside the industry are trying to change that. Tell, please tell me why we're trying to be writers again. Why do we <sighs> want to be part of Hollywood? I don't know. <laughs> I know we have things to say that are that are hopefully interesting, but Jesus shit, this whole thing is just <coughs> just one big clusterfuck that just keeps snowballing. Yeah. Um, on to some better news. Oh, let me get. Can I get this? Can I get this? Yes, yes, yes. yes. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, Ross Serling, the man behind the Twilight Zone, is getting a biopic. Uh, it will be directed by uh, Richard Kelly, the man behind Donnie Darko. Unfortunately, he's the man behind Southland Tales and The Box, unfortunately. Um, so it's, it's not really confirmed yet, but Kelly is trying to push to get this biopic made. Um, it's been about a decade since he's made a movie, and... Kelly's Kelly's style of filmmaking fits perfect into what Ross Serling was all about with the Twilight Zone. I mean, he did the box, which is a Twilight Zone uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really stoked for this because, or stoked about this because I absolutely love the Twilight Zone. I think it's one of the greatest television shows to ever be viewed. Mm. The storytelling, and then the fact that like a lot of the hidden messages and the way how Ross Serling wrote the episodes, the dude was like a creative like master. Uh, and I'm surprised it's taken this so long to make a biopic about him. Um, because from what I heard, he has a really interesting life or he had, a, he had a really interesting life, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping this, I'm hoping he does it justice. I, I think he will. 
Oh, hopefully he kind of like reeled back his weirdness because some of his films are kind of really fucking out there, like to the point where you're like, I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping that this ten-year kind of like break that um, that Richard Kelly has taken and the re- and the amount of respect he has for the Twilight Zone and Rod Serling will kind of like help him better focus on what he has to say or what he has to tell with a a, a Serling story. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It makes me think of the um, those weird things in Sesame Street. They were I don't know why they were always my favorite, but they were always like these aliens. There was two of them, mm-hmm. and they go yep 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 yep. I don't know why I loved them. I would just like be in awe at the TV. Okay. Yes. What else happened in the um, Muschietti and Skarsgård comment on the possibility of it prequels. Yay. <laughs> Do we really need that? I don't know. <laughs> um, the first it made over 700 million million at the global box office. It chapter two made 185 million opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, New Line Cinema. I don't know much about their history, but I just feel like they're like, man, this is making us money. Let's think, fuck I, it up some more. I think any studio does that. Not <laughs> all any of big them. Stu- any I don't big know. studio. New Line Center has been around for like decades. I think any big studio is going to be like, we gotta, we gotta fucking, what's it, milk this horse for all this money. We gotta make you love it till you hate it. Yeah, I, I don't. What well, if, the problem I have is. Skarsgård is like a fucking phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Like, there's n- no way anyone could ever do Pennywise the way he does Pennywise. Yeah, he made it his own thing from from Tim Curry's uh, Pennywise. Yeah, and I don't think they're doing him justice. Who's uh, Skarsgård? New Line is not doing him justice. I don't. I don't but like. Think so. Like they could be doing it so much better, and it. I, f- I can't wait to talk about this. Okay, well here here's what here's what uh, Muchetti had to say uh, while speaking to Io Nine. Uh, mythology is something that's always has an opportunities to explore. It has been on Earth. It has been on Earth for millions of years. Referring to Pennywise, he's been in contact with humans of hundreds uh, for hundreds of years, every twenty seven years. So you can imagine the amount of material material. It's always exciting to think of eventually exploring the mythology. <sighs> I have, an, I have a huge issue with this because the book ends, that's the end of it. The movie ends, that's the end of it. King, I, and I get it, they can, they can yeah, there's, there's opportunity to explore, but seriously, do we really need to explore another Pennywise story? I think like we got, we got the gist of, Bunny, of Pennywise. Yeah, and I, who, made, who made it chapter two and we're all like, no, okay, that made sense. Because you said like the first one was more put together mm. because who wrote it? Oh, um, okay. So it chapter one, the, the first, the, the, this most recent incarnation had been in development for a while. Kerry Fukunaka, uh, director Kerry Fukunaka wrote and was planning to direct the film. Uh, New Line and Warner Brothers 
understanding of the script was a little too intense or they thought his his writing was too intense so fukunaga left but from what i heard they took some of the script and the writer behind uh this it who is uh let me get the guy's name uh gary uh gary durbin tweaked the tweaked the script a little bit more to kind of make it his own thing but it chapter one is a better defined film it chapter two which we'll go into further detail it's kind of not so i i honestly don't think this needs to be made because it's it it's it's not it doesn't warrant it it is in no way warrants another uh story I get the whole idea of mythology. I don't understand why you're going to use such shitty writers. If I'm going to be blunt about it. Like, if you're going to use someone who's going to be... If you're going to do something like that, do some, do it with someone who has unmatched mm. abilities in writing. Yeah. Someone who, who would better... Res- I guess someone who would better respect the material and the kind of actually fine-tune like, the story well, yeah, yeah exactly yeah, um so. so so we have that news and then the worst news <laughs> fucking face off mm. best movie from my childhood uh-huh. besides beetlejuice okay um they're remaking it <laughs> yeah why and you know what it was really great, and I had no idea. I had seen a John Woo movie when we watched. Um, Watch what? With the Tom Cruise. Oh, Mission Possible too. Yeah. Oh, you're like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna introduce you to John Woo, and and you know he did Face Off. Like, oh, I watched <laughs> well, wait, Face hold on, Off. Hold on, hold on. Let's stop. Let's stop real quick before <laughs> I get fucking murdered right now. <laughs> I did not decide to introduce you to John Woo via Mission Impossible. <laughs> yes, too. you did. No, 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 no. I was like, hey, I have to watch these Mission Impossible movies for an article. One of them happens to be directed by John Woo. Let's just go ahead and watch this together. If I want to really introduce you to John Woo, I'll bring you like to the, the Killers and you did say it was some kind boy. of excitement in your voice though. Yeah, because it's so ridiculous. Not because oh, because John Woo film. No, because it's so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> That's why John Woo is a much better director than that. Uh, yeah, <coughs> fucking the, Paramount has gr- wants to do a remake of Face Off, the 90, 1997 film starring uh, Nicolas Cage and John Travolta as they take their face off that's a line <laughs> for the movie here's uh, first of all no second off they've enlisted Oren uzel whose credit is the cloverfield paradox and the sonic the hedgehog movie what the fuck exactly that's it yeah. <laughs> just those two films that no one fucking likes or like i don't even think sonic was released yet because they were supposed to release it, and they had to go back and fix it. Yeah, fix all, fix the character design. And Cloverfield Paradox was that was a bad movie. That was a really bad movie. I it, refused to even watch it. I didn't even watch it. I just fucked up that whole mythology, man. Oh my god! But yeah, like no one, no one's asking for this. If Face Off, it's like of its time. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Nicholas Cage being Nicholas Cage and John Travolta being John Travolta. Fucking. Doves everywhere, dual, uh, dual golden pistols, ridiculous. You can't really do that again. Now you just can't. No, 
You can't do that again. Yeah. That's like somebody who's like, hey, let's remake Point Break, which they did, unfortunately. <laughs> and nobody saw that movie. I didn't even know it existed. Yeah, sorry. No, actually. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> why are you sorry? I don't know why I'm sorry, but. You should I, be happy that you didn't tell me about it. I should be you happy. You didn't torture me with I, it. I should, I should be happy that you, that you didn't see it before seeing the original. <laughs> That's why. Because I think it would have like, tainted that original. Yeah. All okay. right. Now, this is going to be my one of my favorite parts. We're going to do our recent review of It Chapter 2. To the losers. We made an oath. I swear. If it isn't dead. If it ever comes back. We'll come back to him. We didn't stop it. Pennywise. The clown. <laughs> we can't let it happen again. Hello? Kate! Hello? Kate! Oh. <laughs> Hello. So, uh, in chapter two, it was directed by Andy Muschietti. Um, he also did Mama in 2013. Um, it was written by Gary Doberman, who did Annabelle. <laughs> and the nun. Jesus Christ. Oh, go, 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 go. Come on, we gotta Sorry, go. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, Jessica Chastain, James McAvoy, Bill Hader, Isaiah Mustafa. Keeps going on and on and on. There's lots of people in it. Um, really, really great actors. What did you think about their acting? Well, let me tell you the synopsis first, and we'll, mm. then I'll ask you that question again. Okay. 27 years after their first encounter with the terrifying Pennywise, the Losers Club have grown up and moved away until a devastating phone call brings them back. What did you think about the actors? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, just jump right into it. Yeah, like, come on. Okay. Let's get to the beatdown. <sighs> okay. So, <laughs> I'm... So, the acting is... The only person who's okay, I have to I have to like take a step back, <laughs> pace myself. All right, so the acting it's only good for two parts. Bill Scars, Bill Scarsgard. Yep. Great Pennywise. He's that dude is <coughs> way more talented than his brother Alexander Scarsgard and their dad. I think that's his dad. Their dad. I concur. Um, Bill Hader, the MVP. I, I, I heard that he was MVP, MVP from other reviewers. I have to fully agree with it. I I feel Bill, Bill, this is Bill Hader's this was Bill Hader's chance to shine as a serious actor, and he did it phenomenally. I'm heartbroken because Jessica Chastain's a great actress. Wasted James McAvoy, wasted. Uh, even um, the dude who played uh, Eddie, James uh, Resson, Resson? Renson? Renson? he's even a de- decent actor. All fucking wasted. And it sucks because I was looking forward to this movie. We, we sat down and watched the first one. The first one is, I think the, ch- the, ch- uh, the child actors are really good. It just didn't translate into, into the second film. It's like they... I hadn't even, like, based on the hype of the first one, mm. I was looking forward to the second one, and I hadn't even seen the first one until a few days before I saw the second one. Yeah. 
Um, and it was a huge disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it was hilarious. Oh, yeah. We, we'll get into that in the spoiler <laughs> section. But man, this part, this movie was funny without intentionally being funny. I was cry laughing and I couldn't breathe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll turn it to you. What did you think? What did you think of the horror aspect or the yeah, the horror aspect of the of the movie? Um it was a very modern take in all the worst senses of the word. <laughs> Shit. Like it was jump scare. It was Annabelle. Yes. Yeah. And I've never seen Annabelle, but I know it's a shit movie. Yeah, it like, it sucked because <coughs> in, I mean, we're, you're going to hear a lot of comparisons between It one, it Chapter 1 and It Chapter 2. And you might hear some comparisons from the book because I, I haven't finished the book, but I've read most of it. So, you know, there's a little bit of that going into this review. But in the first It, like, you got the sense of these kids were, to my, in my opinion, you got the sense of these kids were in danger. There was like moments of like stillness that like welcomed a decent jump scare. This this one chapter two was like cheap jump scares, like oh here we go oh okay oh all right okay we got it I'm fucking terrified. That's what I was getting while we're watching this movie. You know, it got to the point where if there was a jump scare, I just kind of throw my hands up like yeah okay there mm-hmm. it is yep yep jump scare cool yeah and the and the funny thing is like after. After we saw, after we watched the first one, I kept telling Kelsey, "Shit, I do not want to watch the second one because this is gonna be." I'm, I'm, I'm a sissy when it comes to horror films. Yeah, he's like, "Oh my god, I don't want to watch it. Do we have to watch it? I don't yeah, want to. I was like genuinely scared. Like, oh man, I, I, I fucking hate that because the first one was the first one still actually kind of scares me. So I was thinking like, oh, they're gonna like up the ante. It's gonna be even more terrifying. Holy shit! I can't. I. I probably can think of maybe one time I was actually scared. And I, I can't even really focus on what it was. But most of the time, you saw me kind of just sitting there like, all right, okay, we got this movie going. I have a tendency to like look over at him while we're watching a movie, just see what his reaction is. This time I think you're like, what? Why are you looking at me? But that's my thing, because I like to see like how people are reacting to a movie. Mm. For me, that's part of the experience. And no lie, he was not scared. <laughs> He was not scared. I was looking at my watch. I was like, damn, you know what? I might just pop up on my phone and see what's going on on Facebook right now. <laughs> that's how that's how like not that's how scary it was. And it seemed like they tried too fucking hard. Um I feel like they without giving away anything, mm-hmm. there were lots of things that they they did with it that they didn't have to do yes. as far as time management. Mm. And they could have better used that time to explore other things. Yeah, for if this movie is like two hours and forty six minutes, and for a two for an almost three hour movie, a whole lot of nothing goes on. Like yeah. nothing of value happens. I actually wanted to fall asleep about two thirds of the way through. Really, I Holy almost shit. I was like, I can't fall asleep because I gotta talk about this movie. <laughs> Damn, you know what? It I I was um. I was listening to uh, slash film cat the slash film cast and David Chen um, was talking. They were they were reviewing the movie, and David Chen himself said, "If I if I did not have to review this movie, I would have walked out of the theater." Yeah, that's how bad it was, and I was just like, "Damn, man, holy shit!" Mm. It sucks. Um, 
Oh, I, I, I you know what? One thing I want to, I want to talk about um, a little bit is the effects, because uh, the effects are it's more effects and more different types of horror in this movie. What did you think about the effects? I think the effects were actually pretty good. Mm, okay, they were good, but like. There was no substance in the story. <laughs> yeah. So how could the effects lend anything? It's like having money mm. and not spending it. Yeah. Like you had, uh, I mean, it, because like the, the, <clears throat> the story of it in the book, it's very vivid. It's like really crazy in the stuff that they do. And back then in the, the 1990 miniseries, they could only work with what they got. But this, <laughs> but this day and age Backed up by W by Warner Brothers and New Line Cinema, you would think they're gonna throw all the money they can to make this movie look good. Some of the effects look fucking garbage. Like, like it, it looks such it looks such like bullshit. In this one? Yeah. Which one? The the one featuring the old lady. The one featuring the old lady. I didn't think the effects were bad. I just thought it was funny how they did it. Well, uh, okay, I'll rephrase it. Rephrase. I'll rephrase that. Not all of them were bad. Some of them were really laughable. Like the one with the old lady. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think it had to do with the effects. I think it had to do with the timing and the content of mm. what they were doing. Okay. So, it wasn't I wasn't like when I thought that part was hilarious, it wasn't because it wasn't because of the effects. It was because it fed my sarcastic side <laughs> to the point where mm. even though I was seeing it on the screen, it was putting an image in my head uh, at the same time. And it was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, okay. So it had nothing to do with the effects. It just had to do with what the fuck are you guys doing? It just had to do with the situation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but see, to me, like the effects were laughable, that, especially that particular scene. Now, not all the effects were bad. Some of them were actually really good. That's, that's the thing that kind of bothers me. Like they were, there were sprinkles of like really bad and sprinkles of really good. It was just like, why couldn't you not find like a happy medium? Yeah. Yeah. So that was bad. But um, you want to jump right into the spoiler section? Yes, let's do the spoilers. I sat here wiggling this whole time. Waiting yeah, for the she spoiler. Was, she was doing a spoiler dance. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> anyway. Sorry. So let's let's take a deep dive in the sucker. Okay. Start up at the beginning. Mm. Nobody knew, remembered about dairy. Okay. That left the town. And I actually kind of like that. Mm. Um unfortunately, it kind of raises a question on if you really don't remember it, why are you going back? Because they made a promise. But if you can't remember the pro, they couldn't even remember the promise. Uh, that's true, yeah. So why? Like, it's just kind of like there wasn't enough there to make the story go forward. Yeah, they didn't really, they didn't really go into detail how <laughs> much the promise affected them. Um, it's, I know it's harder to adapt novel to like uh to a different medium like this um but they could have spent more time 
they could have spent more time explaining why they are drawn back to come to Derry, other than, hey, B- hey, Bill, this is Mike. Um, yeah, it's back. Oh, okay, run right back. <laughs> <laughs> I do, um, I do actually, I, I, to finish off that, I did actually like the, <laughs> I did think it was funny that Bill Hader was like, why the fuck are we back? We're gonna fucking die. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was actually pretty funny. Um, then there was the, the thing that you said because all of them are back except for Stanley. Mm-hmm. And it was because he killed himself. Yeah, he yeah he commits suicide because he's like, I'm not going back. There. And everyone thought, oh, it's because he was scared and he didn't want to go back. Mm-hmm. Which we find out it's not the case. But the issue you had with this was what? Yeah, like it, I mean, we're we're gonna kind of jump all over the place. But my issue was he eventually they everybody the loser club gets a letter addressed to them from Stanley. How does Stanley get everybody's address if they haven't spoken to each other in 27 years? Yeah. It was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Which made no fucking sense. <clears throat> so Stanley's not there. Mm-hmm. And you start to see the characters and like you can match some of them up with the kids because they did a really good job. Yeah. I did not see Ben at all. Like, I was like, who's Ben <laughs> supposed to be? It took me a full 10 minutes to get it. Uh and because I couldn't remember the kids' names because I'm horrible with names. Mm. Um, and then Jessica Chastain. What movie was she in recently that we saw? Um, that we recently saw. I I, I can't. I don't. I can't remember. She wasn't in Dark Phoenix, was she? Oh yeah, she was. Holy shit! <laughs> no. To give her credit. To give her credit. That's not her fault. That was just a bad script. Like this one. Okay, well, you know, you're 0 for 2 right now. No, oh, my God. That's how I think about her, oh, her weird come eyes. on. You got to watch Zero Dark Thirty. That's a great film with her. <sighs> I like you're just rolling your eyes at that. You're like, whatever. Look, you're not giving me good evidence here, okay? Because I haven't shown you the evidence Whose fault is that? I'm sorry I have a life. No, you don't. No, you're right, I don't. <laughs> this podcast is my life. <laughs> um... So 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 let's go let's go into act let's go into the acting why some of the acting is just like garbage. Okay. I know it, the film should stand the film should stand on its own. Mm-hmm. But I had to watch the first one to understand the second one. Yeah. And so my issue with Jessica Chastain as Beverly is that the child actor version mm-hmm. had a little bit more of an edge to her. Yeah. And Jessica Chastain was wimpy. Yeah. I, I, I have to agree with you on that because um, Sophia uh, Lillis, who played a young Beverly, she did come off as like, like she, she was dealing with an abusive father, <laughs> but she still came off as like as a survivor or someone who's like just a like, little bit of a rebel. Li- yeah, of a rebel, exactly. And in this, and 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 in this one, that seems to go like out off the fucking window. She becomes like a designer, and she's, you know, completely giving herself over to being a battered woman. Like, mm. like I get it. If you're there are some people who are that grow up in that life that can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if she's a rebel as a child 
and she couldn't get away from it even in as an adult yeah that maybe that rebel side would keep her getting in trouble more or something yeah, but you would she still wouldn't see, you would still see like sprinkles of that rebellion yeah know? and true like she her husband was like about to whoop her ass and everything as she was trying to leave but it seemed like it seemed like she did it to fully escape even though she could have <clears throat> if if it was the same type of acting or same type of character from the first movie not only will like this beverly have like like punched her husband she would have like kicked the shit out of him to the point where he's like put in a coma or something like that yeah and we didn't get any of that you know we just got like a, we we just got like a victom we got, and like, she was victim. almost like a victim the whole time yeah exactly there was like there was like no like this whole ordeal they were going through there was like almost little to no growth with her and character. she was still thinking that james mcavoy's character right it was him that she thought as a child oh bill yeah yeah was like oh he's the one who wrote me this little yeah, love yeah, letter yeah. Uh-huh. love poem she and she was like connecting with him so like She's a battered woman in the beginning, and then this whole time she's like really close with Ben. Like she connects with him, but doesn't know why. But is like attracted to Bill, and it's like this thing that really no one cares about. Just fucking let her be with Ben already. Like yeah, like that chemistry between the chemistry that was between Bill and um, <coughs> and Bev in the first one was like almost non-existent. And this one, even though they were together and they shared moments together, it was just like, all right, this is not, I'm not, they, they I'm were not forcing it. They were they just were like, oh, it. this was in the first one. So yeah. it should be in the second one. Not I, like, hey, let's focus on it. I think that, and I think that lends, I think that, I think the reason why that didn't work out so well in this one is because in the first one, the kids really connected. From what I hear behind the scenes, the kids really fucking connected. And you got that sense within the movie. <laughs> In the uh, in chapter one, but in chapter two, these are like big, these are like big movie stars and everything who have these lives and who don't have time to connect, and you can just see it. Like these people just don't connect at all, mm-hmm. which is bad. Yeah, <laughs> really bad. Um, I had an issue with Mike Hanlon as <laughs> the, an adult. Uh, what's his name? It's, it's Isaiah the, uh, Mustafa. Yeah, the Old Spice guy. Is that who that is? That's the Old Spice guy. <laughs> Fuck. All right, here's oh, my- no, but if he had been the old spice guy in this fucking movie, uh-huh. it would have been infinitely better. Uh, like I didn't damn. even know that. <laughs> he he was written so poorly. Yes, he was. Yeah. He was written so poorly. I had no sense that this guy could be interesting even in the slightest. Yeah, that's fucked up because like that character they did that character wrong. Even in the first one they did that <coughs> they did that character wrong. Because this character is really interesting in the book and how, how much of a sleuth he is to figure out the history of Derry, the the how Pennywise has affected Derry and everything. And that's just that's just not there at all. No. My comment to you was that they made the only character of color a fucking idiot. And not only that and a conspiracy theorist to yeah. boot. Not only that, they've actually kind of subconsciously, they've actually kind of made him the magical Negro in this one. Yeah, that's what that is. <laughs> yeah, because like, I didn't know that was a thing, but I'm like, I couldn't put my finger on it, but that perfectly sums it up. They made him the magical Negro, even like unintentionally making him the magical Negro when like he were like, my ha- my Mike has to get gets this um this thing for like the the 
rit- the ritual that they perform near the end of the movie. But they literally, like, he literally gets this magical thing from these Native Americans, which doesn't make any fucking sense because he says he stole it. But at like, they don't really go into like him meeting these Native Americans and then befriending them and then finding out about uh, it or Pennywise. He just kind of quickly mentions. They it. quickly mention it, and then they do like the rituals, which a lot, a lot of this movie, you can tell this was like an afterthought. Like, Especially because Pennywise comes from space. That that's actually in the book. It gets really fuck. It gets really wonky. So why do why do the Native Americans have anything to do with it? Well, they 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 do that. They discuss that in the book as well. Um, the Native Americans are in the book. Yeah, the Native oh, Americans are in okay. the book. But like the like the whole ritual that happens in the movie happens when they're kids. But you can tell that the <laughs> writer, the 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 team behind it, the director and the writer, they didn't think. We need to put that in the first one because that's a, that's a crucial moment. They they had everything that was supposed to happen in the first one thrown in here, like as an afterthought, like, oh shit, we gotta we gotta play catch up. Yeah. And this is what the essentially the movie was, is a big catch up. And they make Mike Holland was Mike Holland Holligan? They made him Holland. Hanlon. Hanlon, sorry. They make Mike Hanlon the magical Negro. Unintentionally made him the magical <laughs> Negro. <laughs> I like that term. <laughs> <laughs> You've never heard that term before? Nope. Oh, girl, I got to show you some films with axes all over the fucking place. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's... And then, of course, I don't really have to say anything about Bill Skarsgård. He's always fucking amazing. Mm. The only issue I have with his acting in this one is that he deserves better. That is true. Because his acting is so good and this film is so not good. Mm. They're wasting... They're just wasting him. Yeah, um... One of the biggest things I had, the biggest issue I had with this movie is that the pacing was really fucking weird. Like the beginning of the movie moved at like breakneck <laughs> speed. Like we gotta bring, the, we gotta bring them together. We gotta have this. We gotta have this. We gotta have this. And then as soon as they get the dairy, everything just slows to a fucking crawl. They essentially go on their own journeys, mm-hmm. and for what seems like almost the entire movie. Oh my god, that whole separate they journey they each took forever. Have to go and find what they couldn't remember from their childhood that was traumatizing. Yeah, like their totem. They're something the, something of their past, yeah. Right. It was something that they would have to bring for this ceremony later. Mm. And you know, like I don't I don't want to get into all of them because then this show is going to be 3 hours long. <laughs> but <sighs> Bev and the old lady is the thing that I really need to talk about. Yeah, let's let's go. <laughs> let's go into that. <laughs> she goes. You know, you like you know that she has an issue with her father. She goes to where she used to live, fully expecting her father to be there, and it's this old lady. Yeah. And the old lady's like, Oh, you didn't know your father passed some time ago. Yeah, like in the trailer, yeah. We never, you know, no one ever told her that her father died. He just died. Like, okay. Mm. And they're talking and it gets a little creepy. And this old lady sits down and they're talking and she's talking kind of, she starts to get a little like, you could tell something's not right with her. Yeah. She does this really stupid pause that like usually comedians do for like comedic effect. Yeah, they, they want to wait for the applause. <clears throat> and so they're just, 
I don't I don't remember what they were talking about, honestly, but it was just like I that's when I started laughing. Yeah, you started laughing uncontrollably, like this whole thing. And I started joining you in the laughter because it was it was it, it was <laughs> supposed to be funny, but it was actually just I'm sorry, it was supposed to be scary, but it was just funny. Yeah. Instead. So, you know, there was that dramatic pause that was just really funny. Mm. And then there was a jump scare. And this old lady turns into a creature. So there's this creature wearing this pink old granny nightgown and its head's on fire. No, you, oh, you're getting you're getting everything mixed up. Am I? Yeah, that's no that whole head on fire. That's in the high school scene. So that's what I was asked. I was telling you about before, and you mm. were when we were talking about it before, and you were talking about Bev. Maybe you said Ben, and I heard Bev. Okay. So then that's when it got mixed up. Anyways, that lady was hilarious because of that fucking pausing and then the jump scare and everything. And then, like, mm-hmm. we we end up leaving her and we go to, then we do go to Ben. Yeah, you go to Ben and then, like, Ben kind of does his whole totem. Actually, now now I remember. Now that I fucking remember. <laughs> it was so boring we fucking don't remember. Yeah, see, now I remember. I'm, I'm, see, I'm remembering the, a lot of the inconsistencies within the film. Each one had to like try to get their totem. They had to like kind of relive something in their past to get their totem. Ben relived <laughs> something, but like he had his totem in his wallet the entire time. So it's like, why do we even do that high school scene? Yeah. You what know, was in his wallet? It was that it was it was uh it was a <laughs> oh, here's another thing that pissed me off. It was that paper that Bev signed at the beginning of the movie. Oh, his autograph page from his yearbook. Yeah, like it was something that he really was supposed to connect it with, connect with. But like, I was just like, did he even really connect with that? Because I had no sense. I I thought he almost forgot it was in his fucking wallet. In this time around, he he saw it once at the beginning, and it was just like, that's it. Oh yeah, that's it. We didn't see it again until he popped it. I'm like, they like they were trying to they were trying to convey like this whole like connection to these items. But like they didn't really convey that at all. Like the whole the whole messaging and the whole writing was just fucking garbage with no. that area. But we gotta talk about his totem. Yeah, go ahead and talk about that totem. <laughs> I don't know who was in that high school. This is about the time where I was like, I want to go to sleep. <laughs> but all of a sudden, there was this creature chasing him down the hallway in this pink old granny nightgown yeah it was with its head on fire it was it was bev remember she said her head it was on fire. bev it was it like ben apparently apparently ben was in summer school and bev talked to him like bev was in class with him and then like she like teased him and then she set her head on fire and chased him and it was really it was Pennywise chasing him. Oh, okay. Yeah, and holy shit, you were laughing so I was fucking crying. hard. It was so hilarious because mm. it's like this thing with its head on fire chasing him down the hallway, and he's like, and, and like the creature is like, um, at like January Ember, yeah, hair on fire. My heart so lives stupid. there too. Like it yeah, was that's so like, bad. It's it so, so stupid. Hilarious. Yeah, because like a lot of the stuff that happens, they because they do the whole back and forth between adults and kids, but like they don't. The whole placement is weird. Like a lot of these events either happen right before the end of the first one, or it happened after the events of the first one. But they don't really 
say exactly where each story takes place when it would be referring to a flashback. Right. Um, one thing I have to bring out, it was so this, I didn't, I didn't realize this until like later. It pissed me off so much. The beginning of the movie starts with like a gay bash and this very violent gay bash scene. And it's supposed to say how much dairy is becoming like the cesspool of like darkness. And that is in the book, but it, it actually has ramifications throughout the story. It actually explains why Derry is shit. Okay, so there's that scene. And then it's later revealed, kind of, that Richie had a thing for Eddie. Uh-huh. Okay, so there, but they don't, they don't really showcase that well enough. Which I actually completely missed. Yeah, you completely missed Here's the thing. If you're going to have a gay bash scene and have a scene where, like, homosexuality becomes is an issue within the movie, is supposed to be an issue within the movie or within the story, you can at least connect it to the Richie character and you could actually have a broader, a broader, broader um, result. Like, you can actually have a hard port, a hard hitting point. But it was a missed opportunity. It was just like, why the fuck do we even have this gay bashing scene if you're not going to make something of it? Other than, like, let's just see this violent scene happen. Yeah. And it was just like, I was so irritated. It was, it was annoying because I, I thought, first I thought it was maybe one of them as a character mm-hmm. that grew up. And then I'm like, oh, they were nobody. Yeah, exactly. You just It just came off as they were nobody. Yeah. Which is fucked up. It is fucked up because they basically used it for shock value instead of like, oh, this is a thing that really happens and we're going to lend some weight to it. Yeah, straight hot garbage. <sighs> anyway, I don't know, I'm, I'm done with this fucking movie. You're already done with I'm it. I'm done with this movie. I'm so <laughs> disappointed by this movie. Um, it, it the only thing I have to say about it then is that once they finally have all their totems and they do whatever ritual ritual they're gonna do, it gets really kind of confusing for me. Mm-hmm. And then it ends. Yeah, then it, it, it was ends. confusing. Yeah, uh, the, the, there was a lot of there was a lot of directions that the movie was gonna go, and then and then just kind of fell to the wayside. There was a lot of pointless. Oh, one thing. I have to. We have to talk about this for uh, for at least for a second. The kid that James McAvoy befriended, and then was later killed by Pennywise. Uh-huh. That is on the book. They done. They did a story saying like, "Oh, we wanted to add this into the movie because we wanted to give Bill more reasons to be Bill or whatever." That 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 scene had no fucking point. There was no reason that kid. That should kid have been. was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you following me?" Yeah, but like there was like like Bill already had a lot to deal with from the loss of his brother as he was still dealing with it in this movie. So it was like, why the fuck did you even have this kid in the movie? Why'd you have that little side story? And like, and they didn't focus enough on, on Georgie. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. There was like, there was, there was nothing about Bill really still coping with his loss of Georgie. And like when that happened, I was like, Oh yeah, he's still dealing with that. Fuck me. I forgot. Yeah. Anyway, bad film. <laughs> uh, real quick, some trivia. Um, Bill Skarsgård, who played Pennywise, said he had more fun on set during this movie because he was actually able to talk to and hang out with his adult co-stars. Mm. Um, in the first one, he really didn't get to speak with the children. Yeah. Um, so that he could be 
more genuinely scary for them. Well, that's good. Yeah, I heard I I heard a story that uh that he actually like he actually dealt with uh like about depression because he was so isolated from the kids and from a lot of the other people because he the the director wanted to really have that terrifying effect on the cast. Yeah. So he kind of felt left out. And I I remember I told you this story and I was just you and I were just like, "Oh, like, yeah, that's sad." But <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, at least he enjoyed himself this time around. Um, he actually had a little bit of fun with his scariness because um, another bit of trivia is that Bill Hader didn't know that Bill Skarsgård could actually move his eyes in different directions. <laughs> so when Bill Hader asked him, oh, you know, what kind of editing did they do for your eyes? And he's like, oh, you mean this? And he did it and Hader freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> That's I so think fun. they actually caught a video of it, a picture of it. A series of pictures. I don't know if it was real or like they were just goofing off, but I saw on Facebook where they're like laughing, and then the next one you could see like Bill like looking at his face, mm-hmm. and like there's Pennywise like making his creepy look, uh-huh. and then Bill Hader like is like r- like freaking out, and then he turns and he runs away. <laughs> that's probably out. That's probably real. <laughs> that's probably real. <laughs> yeah. That that's hilarious. I would like to meet Bill Skarsgård. He seems like a really cool dude. Um, and then um, the young actors who are the Losers Club in Chapter One grew tremendously in the two years following filming. So they had to actually digitally de-age them in some of the scenes so they could look significantly younger than they actually did. Oh my god, that was so obvious. It was bad. <laughs> it, it they they were. <sighs> The de-aging process looked bad. It looked like Captain America, um, the first Avenger, where Chris Evans' head was on the small kid's body. The only one I could really see that in was Bill. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I, I, it was, it, to me, it was, it was obvious in Richie and Eddie. And Stanley was kind of, you can kind of tell with him. And then from, from what I remember, the ADR was pretty bad. The audio digital recording. Because mm-hmm. their voice were obviously deeper than the lower. And you can tell, like, you can tell they were recorded completely somewhere else. Mm. So, I mean, it. The, I don't know. They probably should, if anything, they probably should have really worked. They should have better planned the, this movie. If they were going to do a sequel, they should have really fucking planned this shit out. They, could, they didn't use the kids that much. They could have, if they knew they were going to make another movie, they could have already done a lot of that work. Yeah, they could have done Ahead a lot of, of time. Yeah, they could have done a lot of heavy lifting in the first one. Like a lot of the flashbacks that happened, they could have really used it in the first one. But like I said, I mean, they didn't plan it. They didn't have like the adult actors set in set uh, or cast. It would have. I think it would have been better if they would have like shot it just like how the book just past and present, past and present, back and forth. Yeah. But whatever, we got this crap from. <laughs> Please watch it just for that that one scene. <laughs> I swear to God, the entire theater was laughing at some of the parts I was laughing at, too. We're seeing the high school scene where the head is running? That one, too. Yeah, and the grandma scene? And the grandma scene. Yeah. I think they laughed more at the grandma scene, but I was cracking up at the hair on fire one. Yeah, I'm sure you'll probably... Well, those scenes will... I'm sure those scenes will pop up, like, on YouTube as, like, the DVD or Blu-ray gets closer to release yeah, date. like, please watch it. Please. <laughs> um, now... The other segment that I really want to spend time Woo! 
<laughs> the return. Deathbed do over the village, 2004. The 2004 M. Night Shyamalan, Shyamalan Ding Dong, that's what we call them. Uh, the film, you know, <clears throat> there's a village, weird shit's happening. There's the plot twist that the village, to, it, the, the setting of the village is not in olden times or whatever it is. It's actually modern times. And it's revealed that, like, the townsfolks are, uh, they've, the world is violent. They want to shelter all their kids and all these people. And they create this whole mythos. So, our job is to fix it. So here's my ending. <laughs> Agent, Bro's char- Agent Broly's character, Noah, Noah Percy, has fallen to his death in the deep hole. As Noah lays there, digesting his last breath, we start to close in on his right eye. The light behind his eye begins to dim further into the night. Finally, there's nothing, and the eye closes. Then a man arrives at the edge at the top of the hole. He climbs down and reaches <laughs> Noah's body. The man starts digging through Noah's clothes and finds an Oscar. He takes, it and, he takes it and reads the label. Best actor, Adrian Brody, the pianist. As the man begins to walk away, Noah's hand shoots up and grabs the leg, the leg of the man. That's my fucking Oscar, asshole. Noah, now Adrian Brody says. The man, kicks it, the man kicks his leg away, turns around, and gives the actor a good kick in the face. Not anymore. Not after that performance. The man says, Brody's helpless, and begins to cry. <laughs> the end. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> All right, you go. What's your... All right. Ivy's father let her go into the woods because she was blind and like some ancient civilizations that can't be tolerated. And that's why Noah was allowed to wander off and die too. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) That's it? Yep. (laughs) All right. All right. Here's... Yours is all long and like... Oh, oh. He thought it out and I'm like, blah, 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 blah. That's it. Hey, they get longer. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here's my ending. Okay. The leader of the town folks have argued back and forth whether William Hurst's character, Edward Walker, did the right thing about sending Bryce Allen's house character to get medicine. Walker is frustrated, walks away to be, <laughs> to be left alone. Fucking peaceful, loving idiots, he says. I don't know why I tried I don't know why I tried this route. What am I doing? This is my this is my William Hurt impersonation. What am I doing here? This go this goes against Walker's interrupted by the silhouette of a man watching <laughs> watching him. He turns around and sees the $40,000 suit-wearing genius billionaire Playboy Palantir standing there. Stark, you always wear nice suits. <laughs> Walker, as if, expecting, as if expecting no one but the Iron Man to show up. What are you doing here, General? Stark says. I don't know. I figured I'd try something, General Thunderbolt, <laughs> about to be formally known as Ever Walker responds. Well, whatever this, Stark feverishly points, <laughs> this is, you need to cut it out. Stark finishes. Why? Thunderbolt asks. Stark gives Thunderbolt a small. <laughs> gives Thunderbolt a small. <laughs> so stupid. Stark gives Thunderbolt a smirk. What if I told you that we're getting a team together? <laughs> <laughs> Thunderbolt takes off the essence of beard off his face and smiles. A Quinjet awaits the two. The end. <laughs> All right. All right. What's yours? Ivy's father wouldn't touch Lucius's mom because they're siblings and they already ended up with three kids oh. between them. <laughs> that, no- <laughs> that no one knew they shared. <laughs> Since both- 
since both Lucius and Ivy were throwaways because maybe Asperger's and blindness, their, their lives being risked at the end was not important to the village anyway. Easy fix. <laughs> so fucking stupid. That one actually gave me a fucking head rush. <laughs> All right, and here's mine. I think you'll appreciate this one, Kelsey, because this has your favorite ending. Oh, okay. Bryce Howard's Howard's character, Ivy Walker, has gone away from the creature. She further walks into her destination. (laughs) Ivy continues to use her cane to fill fill her way around to find the man-made road. Her cane hits gravel, and she stops. Ivy barely contains her joy. She realizes that she's closer towards her goal. She starts to run down the path, swinging her cane left and right as a guy. Then she throws the cane to the side. Flashback. We see all the instances, instances when Ivy's blindness was discussed among her peers. Ivy listens to the leaders of the town folks' conversations about the creature. She looks directly at the people, yet they don't notice her looking. We're, we're back to Ivy running down the man made road, but now she's stripping off her clothes. She reveals to be wearing modern clothes. Flashback. We see Ivy and Lucius Hunt, Joaquin Phoenix's character, discussing her sight. Ivy proceeds to tell Lucius that she can see blurred color shapes and hopes to cover up an incident, an incident where Lucius caught Ivy reading a book. <laughs> we cut back to Ivy reaching the end of the road, and which leads to the ivy-covered covered wall. She's now wearing clothes that some would call hippie-ish in the present day. Ivy begins to climb the wall. Flashback. Ivy has discovered a map from her father's black box. It shows the compound where they've, they called home, ends, ends, and the modern world begins. The gears are spinning in her head, and, and her escape plan has begun. We come back to Ivy as she traverses the wall. She, need, she sees a car with a couple inside coming down the road. Ivy sticks out her hitchhiking thumb to signal the car to stop. It does. We're back at the village where Walker and Miss Clark wait outside of the house where Lucia's injured body lays. You really think she'll return? Miss Clark asks Walker. It's my daughter. I know she'll return. <laughs> Walker responds. Ivy gets in the car belonging to the couple. They drive off. <laughs> 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 One big whole escape plan for Ivy. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. All right. Oh, my God. Last one. Since Signs was good up until the end... Joaquin Phoenix was disheartened that nobody was impressed with his heroism. So he became almost mute and introverted in the village after begging Shamalama Ding Dong to be in it. And his character moves on to this film. Shamalama Ding Dong felt bad that he did Joaquin so wrong in in the last one. So now he tries too hard to make twist endings and everything past this to make up for signs. You know what? That's actually a true statement for all those films now. <laughs> he tries too hard to hold those fucking, those twists. What a twist. Twisty twist. Twisty twist. And that's going to be... That's it for our um, Death Bad Do-Over. Over. So um, now we're going to go into our geriatric cinematic, which is the 1988 classic Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It was a night like any other night. Then something happened. Something different. Star shooting star. Why here? Why now? 
Why clowns? All right. It was directed by Stephen. How do you say his last name? Kyoto? Uh, yeah, Stephen. Maybe Stephen Kyoto? Stephen Kyoto. 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 Um, he's mostly done puppeteer work since this movie. Um, it was written by Charles Kyoto and Stephen Kyoto. Everyone's a Kyoto. (laughs) I'm a Kyoto. (laughs) Everyone's a Kyoto. (laughs) Synopsis is aliens who look like clowns come from outer space and terrorize a small town. So you guys can get the theme. It's clowns today. <laughs> it's clowns for this episode. Uh, I was really looking forward to showing Kelsey this film. I, I'm sure like many of you am familiar with this film because of its cult-like status. I remember watching this movie late at night uh, as a child on uh, HBO. Hmm. I loved the movie back then. Fuck, I still love this movie now. I, God, I had a good time watching this movie. <laughs> I remember watching this movie late at night a few days ago. No, it was... No, no. Oh, that's, that's yours? Yeah. That's, that's, that's how far back it goes for you. And, and God, I hate that movie then oh. and I hate it now. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Whatever, I hate you. <laughs> um, all right. This is going to be like Mark defending Killer Cloud. Yes. Um, okay. So I love the movie because the level of cheese and the level of just like corniness. I liked the popcorniness. The popcorniness? That's uh-huh. the only thing that I liked. Uh-huh. Okay. You know, what about, okay. What about the, okay. What about the, the, the creature design? You gotta admit that's at least somewhat impressive, especially of that time. Okay. Yes and no. Okay. It was impressive how they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't find the characters to be that scary because they were they were gruesome. Mm-hmm. They were like kind of gruesome in their own way. Okay. So it wasn't like, oh my god, it's great because it's like they're just fucking awesome it was like i don't really want to look like adam he's kind of makes me uncomfortable knows it that's the point so i don't like it oh what do you mean i mean like you said it was gruesome and it was supposed to be gruesome it's supposed to be unsettling because of how just like odd and weird they look and just like no human being would look like that if i want to see a human being that doesn't look like other human beings i'll just go to a bar Damn. No human being should look like that. You'll find at least one in a bar. Okay. But you got that killer clowns in outer space instead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, one thing I, ha- I, I do want to bring up. You kept, you kept saying this during the movie. is really funny. You kept commenting on the music. Did I? Yeah. Well, you said, what was, you said what the music's like. It's like playing a game of what? I don't remember what oh I said. Oh my god! Okay, Kelsey had said that the music is like playing. The music is like guitar level bad. Oh, oh no, 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 no! That's not what I. I know what I said now. Okay, there was a song that kept playing every time it would get dramatic, mm-hmm. and it was like all of a sudden someone popped open Guitar Hero. 
<laughs> yeah. So they were playing Guitar Hero when they were like running for their lives or some shit. Yeah. It, but, it sound it was like really bad Guitar Hero music. Yeah, I mean it's it was it's the eighties and I mean the cheap cheap movie music like that. Um was not meant to be of highest quality. Okay. And I think... Um, There's a reason why it didn't do well at the box office. I don't think it was ever released in the box office. It was. Was it? Yes, it was. It's in the trivia. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was. Yeah, and it, it, yeah, because it's fun. It has this cult, like following because it's, it, it did game busters on VHS. Yeah. So, like, no one liked it in the movie theaters, but then it became a cult classic later on. Well, yeah, that's what gives it that status. I mean, but see, this is like, this is during the eighties. This is like where a, a lot of cult classic films came out during the eighties. They and, and that was the time a lot of people were doing a lot of cocaine. That was the time that you could be stupid and it was acceptable. Yes, and this film does not shy away from that. It wasn't even acceptable when it, it came was out. very acceptable. No, it wasn't. Yeah, if you could like, if you could just watch it for like its griminess and just be like, yeah, this movie's bad, but it's like fun, bad. Like, like there's a scene, um, like the scene where the, <laughs> where the guy's driving, and that clown <laughs> that clown is also driving, but there's no car. Oh, <laughs> that shit was hilarious. I, I kind of like that, kinda. Aww. I did think about like it did pe- that part. I did think about. Because mm-hmm. that came on, I think I had checked out already, but that car, like the clown coming up next to the other car and there was no car, I actually really did like that because it was really playful. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like the film was as playful as it could have been for it to make it greater. Oh, uh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like if you really want it to be, I don't think they were really achieving what they wanted to. I don't think they were really, I don't think they were really, uh, aiming to achieve anything high. I think they were just like, hey, let's just make this movie and see if I can get it, if we can actually get it done. Because I have this ridiculous premise as the, as the writer, as the the Cheeto, Cheeto? Cheeto? Kyoto. As the Kyoto brothers probably doing lines off of a hooker or something like that. Mm, I really just think that they could have been playful and the playfulness bouncing out the like gruesomeness. Mm-hmm. Would, it would have been great. There was some, there was a bit of playfulness bouncing off the group. There wasn't enough. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, the clown that was driving a car that wasn't actually there. Like Mm -hmm. I actually liked that. Okay. But mostly it was just them running away from things. What about the part where that, that little kid clown straight up, it knocked that guy's blog off. That made me laugh. Uh, that, yeah. But that wasn't, like, it was funny. It wasn't, like, it was playful. It was playful. And, uh, knocking someone's head off is not too gruesome. Because they did it in a funny way. Well, the car thing. Well, okay. You did, like, the car thing. Um, I thought one part that actually, it's still kind of, <coughs> I guess it was still kind of horrifying. Even, like, now was that part where um, one of the clowns is sitting, is in the police station where the cop shows up. And he has, he essentially has already killed the chief and he's like controlling the chief, like, like a, like a puppet. Hmm. And like when he like talks to the chief with like a puppet, the chief's mouth is moving, whatever. And it's like the clown pushes the chief off and is dead. He like takes his hand out and it's like covered in blood. Uh, and I love it's still kind of horrifying, but I loved it because it was like gruesome. You laughed at that part and I actually <laughs> was like. I don't know. It was funny because you said at that time, oh, he had his hand up his butt. Yeah. 
but I hadn't even really thought about where his hand was until you said that. Mm. So I was like, oh, he's using him as a puppet. That's kind of funny. And you're like, oh, he had his hand up his butt. And I'm like, ow. Yeah. I mean, you should, if you're going ow, you should really feel bad for puppets. <laughs> you know, Jeff Dunham puppets, you know, they're up. He has his hand up their butt all the time. Yeah. Because yeah. he's done him. Yeah. And I'm done with him. <laughs> yeah, guy's not funny. Anyway, all right. So, what about? Um, I have to ask you about the popcorn. Yeah, that's mutated. Um, what do you think about that? Because I thought I didn't. Didn't I thought you liked that? The whole popcorn being mutated. <coughs> I did, and I didn't. Okay, go on. I like the whole idea that the popcorn is an alien. Mm-hmm. Or like they're aliens. Yeah, like creatures and shit, shit like that. When they're just wiggling around in popcorn form. Mm-hmm. And then they turn into these really ugly looking things. You know what they, they look like? Um, you ever seen that movie Little Shop of Horrors? No. It's a giant plant. This weird, disgusting little plant. Um, I can't remember the fucking creature's name. They kind of look like that. If like if I show you a little shop of horrors and then show you the creature from from I'm about to say it from Killer Clowns, you'd be like, <laughs> oh, you see the connection. Um, th- <laughs> that that whole scene where like they popped up and the girl was like trying to like fight them off. This is like it's like great bad acting. Yeah, it's, it was. It's because she's like, oh, oh my god! Like, you can almost tell that like, she wants to like laugh because she's like, this is so stupid. <laughs> um. I found it annoying, too, that the older deputies, like, I don't believe you. You have all this evidence mounting against. Yeah. I still don't believe you. I'm a fucking racist asshole. Yo, I got a sense that, like, that that cop probably called several black people jigaboos and shit like that. Other racist derogatory uh, terms. Oh, wait. We got to talk about the black biker. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay, so wait. Let's take a step back. Let's take a step back. Okay. Where the little clown... Uppercuts one of the bikers, you know, knocked his block off. I just like how he says that. <laughs> yeah. And then like the whole, his biker crew freaks out. I'm going to pass it to Kelsey. Okay. So, you know, all these white bikers are like, they just turn and start running normally. Mm-hmm. You know, in, and norm- in normal panic mode. Normal yeah. panic mode. Yeah. Then you have this, you know, the token black guy. Uh-huh. Well, actually, but it's funny let's, because let's let's say his character name. What was his character name? Black biker. Black biker. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Like we were seeing the credits at the end, and it actually says black biker. Like he's a black biker. Hey, look, it was a black biker. Like <laughs> yeah, like in the it literally the the dude's character name is black biker. Yep, and he starts doing this weird like oh my god i don't know which way to run thing where he like crouches down and his legs are all white and he puts his arms up and he's like like you know i don't know how to like flailing his arms and legs side to side simultaneously as he like like kind of shimmies off scene or something is really weird he like sells the shit of like (laughs) oh here's his name melvin thompson oh yeah played the if you look on IDB page, he plays a black biker. 
Yeah, he like oversells the shit out of like ah, and then like starts like shucking and jiving and like left and right and moving and everything like that. And while everybody's like normal panic, he's the one who like stands out the most. Yeah, that shit was hilarious. Like I. If I remember, I think we 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 wound it, we wound it a couple of times. Oh yeah, because you didn't notice the first time. Yeah, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and I was like, "What are you talking about?" You know, he kept jumping back to knock my block off, and this is so stupid. <laughs> 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 he says that. <laughs> um, one thing that um, one thing that like really weirded me out, or I just found pretty vile, was um. There's a scene where the the ice cream truck uh, brothers, they end up in the tent spaceship along with um, our main leads. And, like, they fall into a ball pit. And when they fall into this ball pit, there's, like, female clowns waiting for them. And, like, one of the female, like, their their breasts Uh begin to grow like balloons. But it's, like, it's not, like, they're not pumped at the same time so it's like <laughs> one boob goes like left up and the other one goes like right down or just goes like at a weird like diagonal and i was just like Ugh. <laughs> and apparently like they liked it because when they show up later you see like kisses and makeup and their clown their clothes all torn up and shit like yeah that. That was gross <laughs> <laughs> um i thought it was you could tell they had a really small set oh yeah absolutely because they had, first of all, I think they spent like $2 million. Mm-hmm. And. Was that the budget? Yeah, it was the budget. Wow, shit. Okay. That's still, for me, a lot of money, especially in, t- in, the, eight- in the 1800s. Yeah, in the 1800s, <laughs> when this film was created, you know. <laughs> like, the music's not, the, the music is like Guitar Hero, but like. Ukulele. Yeah, the ukulele. Yeah. Earlier this weekend, I I uh, did my masterclass impersonation in front of uh, Kelsey as a ukulele player. It sounds like this. All right, that's it. All right. Yeah, well, also, you know, your favorite singer. Tell oh, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. She sounds like a fucking monkey. Anyway, so, okay. Um, <laughs> the the set we were talking about like the the money right yeah so they you could tell they get inside and there's only two rooms and they explore both those rooms and they're in them again and again and again yeah it's like, like the same room but they just like move the furniture like they just rotated the furniture to look opposite or some shit like that yeah uh, and like there's like parts where like they're running and you can tell <laughs> they ran the distance of the room cut and they went back and then just kept running like, oh, yeah, or we're in the they room. look like they're not, ru- they're like running in place as they like <laughs> zoom <laughs> out or so something. <laughs> <laughs> and of course you hear the, like the weird clown music and yeah. they're running in place, which is like, you know what? I think it's quite genius. They're running in place, looking like idiots and there's clown music in the background. Exactly. This movie is genius. Um. I one thing I really liked was um the giant alien clown that 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 was dropped down. Uh-huh. I thought that was awesome. It was I think it was I think it was really good camera work as in uh what's it called forced perspective I think it's called. Uh-huh. Where like they had the guy actually look really small compared to the giant clown alien creature that's probably like I don't know like 50 feet tall or something like that. Yeah. 
and you really got a sense of like, wow, they're like this creature is actually like looking above this, looking down at this at this hero, the cop. Yeah, I thought that was some, I thought that was great camera. Work. I think they actually like took their time on that with doing that scene. Probably. <laughs> Probably. You're just like yeah. I'm like I mean it was kind of cool. Well, I didn't think about it that much. Oh, I've I've been thinking about this movie for about 25 years. I have a lot of opinions to say about this movie. Yeah, that's what's wrong with you. I think this movie speaks about the hardship of what it is in the working class, especially in the entertainment business. These clowns have rights. Like my right to tell you to shut the (laughs) fuck up. (laughs) Okay. We get all serious. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I still enjoy the film. I still like it. I can't wait. I can't wait to show my kid this. She's going to be bored. I don't care. Oh, yeah. She's going to be totally fucking bored. Yeah. Like, what the hell am I watching? I don't care. She's going to watch it. Just make her watch it now so she can forget about it. No. And block it out. Well, you know what? We should block it out. <clears throat> I think I was, yeah, I think I'm around the same age. Oh, oh, I am around the same age as she is. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, you had her the same time you were born. Yeah. I think I think she's around the same age as I was when I saw this movie. So I'll probably, if anything, I will more than likely show her this this movie okay um so i'll let me ask you this which is better killer clowns from outer space or it chapter two it chapter two. Oh no no because <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it it's funny how you say it chapter two is better even though it like there was a lot of unintentional laughing going on yeah and it was like bad writing and all and everything else going on this one had Bad writing, but intentional laughter. Because it was so bad. I wasn't laughing. Because you have no soul. Darkened soul. No, you know what? What? It sucked. Ugh, whatever. <laughs> that's, just, that's just like, you and know. We've done like, well, like 17 episodes now. Mm. This is our 17th one. Is this the first time that I've absolutely disagreed with something that you picked? Mmm... I can't really think about that. I know I've shown you stuff that you just didn't like, but you know. For the show? No, just in general. Well, just yeah. Like, Meet the Feebles comes to mind. Oh, man. We got to do an episode of that. I got I to have you rewatch it. Mm. <laughs> you might not survive that one. I don't care. I'll have you, at least I'll die making you rewatch it again. <laughs> After you said, I'll never watch that movie again. Yeah. Anyway. I uh, Okay, so. I still like it, you know. It's not for everybody. That's why it has a cult status on it. Um, I am not sad. I'm not. I am not disappointed that I show you this film. I had to show you it. Ah, uh, you know. Are you are you disappointed that I don't like it? No, if you don't like it, you don't like it. I mean, you know. In the words of the great philosopher Lebowski, that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. All right. I uh I think, you know, since we're ending it on that note, um we do have a little bit of trivia actually. Okay. So the scene where the car's thrown over a cliff, it was actually supposed to be like a grander scene. Yeah. Um the car was supposed to fly over the cliff and then crash down to the ground, but the sling rope snapped. So 
the effects crew member since they the the effects crew members neglected to remove the stoppers from underneath the car's wheels. Uh, that was the end result. The <laughs> car slowly tumbled down the edge and became caught in a tree. Yeah, that shit was horrible. <laughs> it was so good to watch. We're like, yeah, I. I just I just love trash films like this. So uh, I feel like that scene had no sound or something. Like you just watch the car. It's like do 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 Like the guy was like ah, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are some interesting similarities between the Blob and this movie. Do you? Because you like the blob. Do you know what they are? Uh, the 1958 version. I God, I'm so, I'm so blank on that movie right now. Uh, both have a first victim who is an old geezer living in a cabin. Mm-hmm. And who has a dog. Mm-hmm. Both movies have a decent cop named Dave who does not believe the young people. Wait. Wait. Decent cop. Okay, wait, wait. Which one was Dave? Hold up. Wait, young people? They're, I thought they were the same age. Wait, what's the old guy's name? Uh, no, I'm looking at it up right now. Uh, John Vernon, he played Curtis Mooney. So Dave was the cop that helped Mike, Ta- Mike Tobacco and <laughs> Debbie Stone. I rem- so he you know, was Debbie Stone's ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Wait, but weren't they still in high school? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fucking statutory rape going on in this movie. Gross. Yeah, and they even hooked up at the end. Um, and then also in a crabby older cop who seems to have a grudge against young citizens. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Well, wow, that's shit. a lot of movies, though. Yeah, that I mean, like when you said like old geezer in the cabin who has a dog, that instantly reminded me of a uh, creep, the first creep show, yeah. and, the, and the and the short story that starred Stephen King. Hmm. Um. Yeah. And um, the last bit of trivia I have is the movie originally ended with the Terenzi brothers as the survivors of the exploding spaceship while Dave perished after killing the giant clown. Um, But since the executive needed an upbeat ending, the Kyoto brothers filmed a second ending that is in all the versions where Dave and the Terenzi brothers survived exploding a spaceship by hiding in the clown car. Yeah, that that scene doesn't doesn't make sense because you would swear that the Terenzi brothers died in the in the uh, in the fire of the uh, ice cream truck. Yeah, and then like yeah, like they don't show Dave getting into the clown car, find the clown car. Like how do you know he was gonna survive in that clown car? Yeah, like, all that kind of stuff. And how the the fuck that makes sense? How the brothers ended up in that clown car as well? I don't know. So dumb, but still a great film. <laughs> as it's killed, like, just rolls around, like, God, every time Mark says that. I can't wait till we do the next episode so you can <sighs> shut up about this fucking episode. <laughs> you want to tell, tell them what the next episode is? Because we already, we already got it planned. Yes. We are doing Spider-Man. Yeah, originally, Kelsey and I went back and forward. We were going to either do <laughs> The Goldfinch or Hustlers. Um. We've hear, we're hearing that Goldfinch is actually crap, and Hustlers, we were still kind of on the fence on, because we were like, oh, I don't know if you want to do it, maybe. you know, Jennifer Lopez, I love her, but she can't act. Oh, from what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing is that her acting is the best part of the film. It's one of the best parts of the film. It's really? actually like Oscar-worthy performance. Oh, wow. From what I'm hearing. But, instead, um, we are going to do Spider-Man Far From Home, along with Spider-Man 2. 
Spider-Man Far From Home is coming to DVD mm. soon. Yeah, the the uh, digital release is coming out September 17th. Um, this was an episode that we were going to do uh, when the movie was first released, but I had injured my back, and we had <laughs> promised that this was going to be a bonus episode. So, next week, we are going to... We are going to give our opinions on Spider-Man Far From Home. Try to have a little bit of a, uh, a fair balanced opinion away from like the Sony debacle. Um, but you guys are going to love our opinions on Spider-Man too. Yes. Man, that's going to be such a great episode. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Woo. Woo. <laughs> um, I have decided. Mm-hmm. That we should also mention Rambo. Oh, yes, 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 please. Um, I don't, I know I've seen, like, it flashes in my memory. I've seen, like, some parts of Rambo, but I don't think I've actually watched it. Which one, though? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Was it the one where he went, Duh! or the one where he went, Duh! <laughs> which one? <laughs> Uh, so, uh, we're going to watch, which was the second one? Yeah. Um, which is, you said the, like the worst one or the best one? No. So with the deal, uh, what the deal is, I mean, we will just kind of give you guys a heads up cause we've actually, this show has actually been known as like us kind of like kind of figuring out what we're going to do at the last minute, minute, <laughs> the next minute. <laughs> But we've actually planned out um, quite a few episodes ahead, so we got an idea of what we're going to be doing for you guys. Um, the week of Rambo 5 uh, is the same week that Ad Astra is coming out. Ad Astra, sorry, is coming out. So we're going to do Ad Astra instead. But we will be doing a bonus episode. And we will have, the plans are we're going to have a guest on to do that episode. We are going to do an episode where we talk about Rambo 5, mm-hmm. Rambo Less Blood. Uh-huh. And we went back and forth between Rambo or Rambo 2. It was I'm, Rambo First Blood and Rambo First Blood Part 2. two. <laughs> Those <names> are ridiculous. <laughs> so Kelsey and I were looking, we're going back and forth, and we decided to do Rambo Last Rambo First Blood Part 2. <laughs> because that movie is fucking ridiculous. It is 80s awesome. Uh-huh. It is because it's such a it's such a departure of what the first Rambo movie was, which is, I mean, I I still enjoy the first Rambo movie, but I think this is something Kelsey really needs to see, <coughs> as in Rambo two, and have her and give her take on on that film. Yes, because it has it's like it's it it's essentially where Rambo just jumped the shark. He jumped the shark. I wouldn't. What's that mean? You know, he like jumped the shark. Never heard that term. Jump the shark. Oh fuck. I <laughs> okay in happy days fonzie literally jumped the shark okay so that's everyone that's when and that means the show just got super ridiculous out of nowhere really is that what that means that's what that's what the term jump the shark i means. honestly thought you were bullshitting me right now no that sounds stupid as fuck yeah current current term now is nuke the fridge which is from indiana jones part four mm. But yeah, so we're gonna we will we'll give a little bit more details on that one um, and see if it's a go. Um, but yeah, you guys can be expecting that uh, sometime at the end of the month. But in the meantime, you guys will be expecting uh, our take of Far From Home and Spider Man Two. 
Yes. Yes. Um, we have to shout out to Lee Llewellyn. Uh, Mark affectionately wrote down Lee Lee Llewellyn. It sounds like a song. Lee Llewellyn. Lee Lee Llewellyn. <laughs> Continue. He um, is the, I think he's a bassist and the lead vocalist of theelectricwest.com. Or mm. The Electric West, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's Their the website is theelectricwest.com. Uh, yeah. Um, and he's the one who made our intro and outro music. Yeah. He's a great guy. Um, you know, also I like his political views. Just oh, saying. shit. Um, there's that. You already know what we're doing. We don't know what we're doing, but you do, so that's cool. <laughs> um, and uh, I feel like I'm forgetting something. You know what? That's what I was going through last time. I was like, why am I forgetting something? I think we're good. I think we're good to go. Don't forget iTunes, please. Oh, yeah. Please rate us on iTunes so we can jump to the front of the page so we can get noticed. You know, um, we got a few things planned out uh, later on that uh, we can hopefully... Uh, announce sometime in the near future um but we're back so we're gonna be doing uh we had to take a small break but uh yeah we're gonna be we almost missed our mark this time oh, yeah, we almost did. Yeah. Sick. yeah yeah this episode is coming pretty late but you know we had something to say about it chapter yeah. two and Which killer cons it sucks yeah, it exists <laughs> unfortunately okay uh that's it wraps up the show and goodbye bye we love you